Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to Everything New York Giants. I'm your host, Adriana, also known as New York Giants fangirl on Instagram and TikTok. And the Giants fall to 7-3 and three after a very ugly game in the freezing cold at home at MetLife Stadium. They lose to the 3-6 and six Detroit Lions, 31-18. to 18. Let's recap. So I'm going to start off by saying that the last three times that I have been at MetLife Stadium for games, the Giants have lost. So I apologize for that. I am not going to go to MetLife anymore because clearly I'm the problem. So looks like I might be sitting out the rest of this year. I'll be back at MetLife next year when they have new turf and hopefully a better team. Now, as always, you know I like to start with the offense. So let's start there with my boy, Daniel Jones. Now, oh God, every week there's always some talk about Jones. And, you know, the big thing going into this week, I think, was talking about the passing game. And up until this point, the Giants have had a minimal passing game, and that's probably being generous. But you know, we finally saw them open it up a little bit yesterday. Um, you know, prior to the game, Jones had only attempted eight 20 plus yard passes on the season. Yesterday alone, he had five attempts and three completions over 20 yards. So, you know, the offense and Mike Kafka are switching it up and they're doing their best to open up the passing game. I think what we've seen and what we have believed up until this point is that, you know, we just don't have this skill set on wide receiver. And, you know, that's obviously part of the problem. But Jones went 27 for 44 yesterday for 341 yards. Now, Again, it goes back to Jones, you know, a lot of talk of people saying, well, he needs to throw for over 200 yards. Up until this point, he had barely done that this year. And again, we have all seen why, because either the O-line has looked disastrous or the receivers can't catch the ball. And what a surprise. Yesterday, there were quite a few drops. So I'm happy to see the passing game get opened up. You know, I felt better yesterday about the passing game. Obviously, you know, Jones made some good decisions and he made some bad decisions. He had one touchdown, two interceptions, and got sacked twice for 17 yards. So he could have been better. No doubt about that. Obviously, you can't make bad decisions and have two interceptions in one game and not get any interceptions on defense and expect to win the game. You know, what we have seen from this Giants team is when they make big mistakes like this, they lose the game. And that's something that we've talked about a lot this season, is that this team is not talented enough to make mistakes and then to win games. We saw it in Dallas with the turnover. We saw it against the Seahawks with the turnovers. They can't turn the ball over more than once and think that they're going to win. They just are not good enough of coming back from that. And yesterday was a perfect example. So, you know, Jones, overall, I think he had a pretty decent game. Um, I would have liked to see him run the ball more. They, you know, 
the defense was not getting to him. They shut Saquon Barkley down, and my God, they did a damn good job of it. But they didn't shut down Jones. He led the rushing attack with seven carries for 50 yards and one touchdown, and his longest was 15 yards, which was longer than Barkley, Breida, and Robinson. So why they didn't have Jones around the ball more? I don't know. I would have liked to see that. Obviously, there's always the risk that the more he runs, the more he is going to have a chance to get injured. But the bottom line is we need Jones to run to win games, especially when Saquon is shut down. Saquon had 15 carries for 22 yards. That's absurd. (laughs) I mean... You look at this team, and obviously everyone knows that Saquon Barkley is leading the charge, and he is the king of our offense. And we saw it yesterday. Without Saquon Barkley, we have no offense. And, you know, when Jones has been involved, obviously he's been a big help, but I don't know what the thinking is there. Obviously, I'm not a coach. I'm not in my Kafka's head. I don't know what the deal is, but they need to get Jones involved more in the run game. Would have liked to see more of that yesterday. It is what it is. Maybe we will see more of that against Dallas. You know, obviously the focus is always going to be on shutting down Saquon. So if Jones can escape and he can make some runs and, you know, he has the RPO and he can go for the run and it's open, he's got to do it. And he will. I definitely think that he will. I just need Kafka to make that play call for him more often. Now, let's go back to the rushing for a second, because one thing I did say going into this game is I want to see more of Matt Breida. And they delivered a little bit. He had three carries for 13 yards and a touchdown. Um, You know, he is a great back. And I think we're going to continue to see more of him. I think there's one thing that we really have seen from this offensive scheme is that when any player has a good game, they get involved more and they get more reps. We saw it with Slayton. We saw it with Wandale Robinson, who was coming off an injury. We see it with Brita and, you know, Richie James and all of these other guys. So let's keep it up on Brita. I want to see him involved more in the run game. I think he is... He could be a big piece as to helping out this running offense and just improving it. So... Anyway, I like Matt Breida. He's a great back. I want to see more from him. Um, Next up is Wondell Robinson, who had one carry for four yards. So the total offensive rushing stats, 26 carries for 89 yards, two touchdowns. The longest run was by quarterback Daniel Jones for 15 yards. I mean, we can't win games like that. So we, you know, They've got to get back, make some changes for Dallas. I think we are 100% going to see changes to this offense. I'm being optimistic here and I'm hoping for it, but I, I think that after coming out of this horrendous game versus the Lions, there's no possible way that this coaching staff, and they are very smart. And listen, I know we want to question some of their decisions. As our fan, as fans, that is our right. But at the end of the day, we are not the people making decisions. They are the people who are getting paid to do it. They obviously know a hell of a lot more about National Football League and how the game is played and what the players on this roster can do than the rest of us do. So we've got to trust them a little bit. You know, we've done it up until this point. 
they're going to make changes. They're going to make adjustments. And we are hopefully going to see a better offense come out against Dallas. Let's talk about the receiving offense. Because like I said, over 340 yards for this offense. It's the first time we've seen it this whole year. And look, everyone pretty much contributed. And that is what has to be done when you have no number one wide receiver. So Wandale Robinson, and oh my God, you guys, the drops. We're going to talk about this in a second, but oh my God, the drops are horrific. And listen, I there's a little bit that goes in it on Jones. There's no doubt that on a couple of the throws, maybe more than that, he was off and missed the man. But when the ball is in your hands as a receiver, you get paid millions of dollars to catch it. Just catch the ball. I am so sick of seeing these receivers drop the ball over and over again. And yes, I get frustrated with Jones too when he misses balls that he's supposed to make. He's typically accurate. He makes some bad decisions, but it's not all on him. Wondell Robinson, out of 13 targets, he caught nine for 100 yards and the longest was 19. Now, Wandale was a huge playmaker in yesterday's game. And then he tears his ACL and he's out for the rest of the season. So... I, you know, obviously it's a huge blow. It's very disappointing. You know, Wandale was probably going to be wide receiver one for the rest of the season. He, you know, has done a really good job of when he's got the ball in his hands of making plays. You know, obviously I would like him to go 13 for 13 and catch every ball that comes his way, but he did the best he could with what he had. And now he's out. So, you know, it sucks. It sucks big time, but he's going to be a great receiver and a great key part of this offense. And that's that's what we have to look forward to, okay? Next year, Wandell Robinson is probably going to be wide receiver one, and he's going to be a star. So, you know, we've got a little bit of good news here, okay? Let's talk about Darius Slayton, who out of 10 targets had five receptions for 86 yards. Now, we know that Slayton is inconsistent. What I will say about Darius Slayton is what I said about Wondell Robinson. When he gets the ball in his hands, he can make plays. And it's that's amazing. That's what we want from all of our wide receivers. I just need him to be more consistent. I know all of us as fans, I love Darius. I mean, like there's nothing not to like about him. He's a great player. He's a great teammate. He's optimistic. He's never negative. He doesn't, you know, blame anyone else when he doesn't catch the ball. He takes all the responsibility and he works really hard and he works really hard with Jones to be a better player every week. And I really appreciate that with him. I just need him to catch the ball a little bit more, just a little bit more. So when we play Dallas, I want to see Slayton. I want to see him have more catches and less drops. It's very frustrating because you look at Slayton and he is another guy that could easily be our number one wide receiver. He's got the speed, you know, he's sometimes has the hands and, you know, he's the only guy that pretty much is a deep ball threat. So we need him to just catch the ball more, okay? I love you, Darius. Please just just catch it more. You'd make a lot of us fans happy. 
All right, let's talk about Richie James. I know everyone wants to talk crap about Richie James, and you can say whatever you want about him. He didn't turn the ball over at all this game, and not only that, he was one of the only receivers who caught every ball that was thrown his way. He had three targets, three receptions for 48 yards and a touchdown. So he's a reliable wide receiver. We're definitely going to see more of him. Um, You know, not a huge playmaker like Robinson and Slayton are, but he is a good receiver who can catch the ball and he can make some plays when he has to and he didn't turn over any of the punt returns which again that's all I ask from you I don't care if these guys fair catch it every single time and they're at the five yard line I do not care hold on to the ball and do not get tackled and do not risk the injury okay we should have faith in our offense and the coaching staff should have faith in our offense that regardless of whatever the the I'm just blanking on the right words that I'm supposed to use the field position whatever field position they end up in that this offense can march their way down the field okay that's all I care about on the pun returns <laughs> and for Richie James all right, you guys, we got to talk about Kenny Galladay. I know everyone's going to be like, oh, it was only two catches. It doesn't matter. He was asked to produce. He had two targets with two receptions for 29 yards, and the longest catch was 15 yards, okay? We need every single person on the field to contribute. And everyone is going to talk crap about Galladay and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? Yesterday, I am not exaggerating. When he caught that first ball, he got a standing ovation from MetLife Stadium. And I don't care if people think that it was sarcastic and, you know, people were making fun of him. Like Carl Banks said, I think he needs the fans to rally around him. And this is all that we have been asking him to do is when you get thrown the ball to catch it. And I think that it was a good confidence booster from him. I think, you know, maybe he might have thought that the standing ovation was a little ridiculous, but I hope that it was just a reminder from him that we don't want to see him fail. We want this team to win. We want $72 million Kenny Galladay to catch some freaking touchdowns. That's all we're asking from you. I don't think we're asking that much of him. So anyway... He did what he was asked to do. He made plays and, you know, we're probably going to see more of him on Dallas and maybe we will get lucky and the Dallas defense is going to leave him wide open because they're going to think that he can't catch the ball anyway. And you know what? He's going to be wide open and he's going to make plays. Okay, Kenny, we need you. All right, next up, another guy who went three for three, Isaiah Hodgins, three catches for 29 yards, and the longest was 20 yards. Isaiah Hodgins, you know what? You people on Instagram who DM'd me when I posted about it and said, I'm getting real sassy this episode. I'm sorry, guys, but I think a lot of fans feel like I do, where after that game, you're just like, what the hell did I witness? And not only did a lot of you get to witness it from the comfort of your homes, I froze my ass off at MetLife Stadium for this freaking game, and this is what I get. So anyway, I know we're all feeling the same. 
But my point about Isaiah Hodgins is, you know, everyone was so upset when they signed him instead of throwing away draft picks on Jerry Judy or Odell Beckham or, you know, Chase Claypool or, you know, Brandon Cooks, whoever it was at the time. But Isaiah Hodgins has come in and he has made plays. Now, he made a mistake yesterday. He had a turnover, but... I will forgive him for that, and you guys should too, just like you should all forgive Kenny Galladay for dropping the ball because he's only going to catch the ball from here on out. You know, obviously, it would be better if he hadn't turned the ball over, and like I said, this team is not good enough to make mistakes and turn around and fix them and win games, but... For the most part, Hodgins did what he needed to do. He's stepped into the role, and he's been a pretty good target for Jones. So, listen, the more receivers that we have, I don't care where they come from, if they're a receiver that can catch the ball and can run it, they need to do their job and be on the field and help out Daniel Jones. So, you know, overall, Hodgins – Good game, minus the turnover. Same thing with Jones. Mostly had a good game, except for the turnovers. You can't make costly decisions like that. But like Richie James, with the two turnovers, he turned it around this week, and he didn't fumble the ball. So that's, you know, they got to come out in Dallas, and they have to do the same thing. They have to hold on to the ball. Speaking of dropping the ball, (laughs) let's talk about Lawrence Cager, who – Mostly had a good game out of three targets. He had two catches for 20 yards. The longest was 13. Now, you can't drop a two-point conversion that was in your hands. I know we were not winning the game if he caught that anyway, but still. I just, the drops are really, really frustrating to me. And I just give Daniel Jones credit for week in and week out not losing his absolute shit every play of every game. He, like Dable says, he is cool as a cucumber, and you know what? We got to give him credit for that, because I know if it was you or me out there, we would not be that calm (laughs) after all these drops. So, listen, Cager came from out of nowhere up until this point. He's been a decent addition you know he's been on the field and he's been helping to make plays but again you can't have costly drops okay I need him to pick it up for next week um all right let's briefly touch on Brita and Barkley who are both used in the passing game so Brita went one for one for 16 yards Barkley went two for five two catches out of five targets for 13 yards and again I mean Saquon He's always Mr. Reliable. I just, I need them all to turn it up a notch, okay? We're playing Dallas. There is no room for error. Cue the Vince Vaughn wedding crashers. There is no room for error this week, especially when we added five more people to the injury list. So, okay, let's, we're done with the offense. The defense. Oh, my God, you guys. I just... Listen, I can't tell you how many people going into this week were talking about it being a trap game. And maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. 
maybe we were just due to play like absolute garbage because you got fans talking about the Super Bowl when you have third stringers in at almost every position. But it was bound to happen, okay? But Jared Goff looked like Dan Marino out there. And I am watching this like, what in God's name is going on right now? Our defense, up until this point, they are not great at stopping the run. We know this. But I'm just watching them like, what are you doing? What is, why? They couldn't stop anything. Nothing. And when they did make a stop on third down, someone got a penalty. Like, oh, Jane Zimenez. Again, stupid mistakes cost them the game. They had over, I think it was six penalties for over 60 yards plus three turnovers. I mean, you're just, you could be the Chiefs or the Bills, and maybe you get lucky and come out of that game with a win. This team is neither of those teams, so they can't do shit like that. Julian Love. My boy, as always, led the team with tackles. Eight total, five solo, one for loss. Dexter Lawrence, seven total tackles, three solo. Jalen Smith, six, one solo. McFadden, five total, three solo. Um, Rodarius Williams, who came out there and got some snaps, had four tackles, all four of them solo. Same with Darnay Holmes. And Leo Williams had four total, two sackled. <laughs> two solo tackles and Jihad Ward four total and one solo uh, we uh, between Leo Williams and Dexter Lawrence they are the best pieces to this D-line and they couldn't stop the run if it was me running in front of them, and I am about a quarter of their size, I don't know what went wrong. I don't know why they couldn't stop anyone. Swift looked amazing. Forget about Amron St. Brown. I mean, I just, they just couldn't make any stops, whether it was the run game or shutting down any of the receivers. Yeah. It was just bad. Just overall bad. They gave up 31 points to the Lions. And I know that going into this, the Lions had been putting up about 30 points or so for, I think it was four plus games maybe. And I get it. But we were relying on the defense to slow them down and to not let them score 30 points. And they didn't do it. And not only did they not do it, but we ended up with, I think, four defensive players leaving the game with injuries. That's, it's, you know, you just can't win games like that. And, you know, a lot of the guys up until this point, you know, like McFadden and, you know, Williams, who just stepped in yesterday, but Jason Pinnock and Cordell Flott and, I mean, Tay Crowder was out there. Why? I don't know. But, you know, they have come in and have made some big plays when they needed to. 
And yesterday, it, it was like they forgot how to do that. Like, up until this point, we had been, you know, we'd seen the defense make mistakes. We know that they are not great at stopping the run, but they had made big plays when it matters, and there was none of that yesterday. None. And I, I don't know what happened. I, I think collectively everyone had a really bad day. I mean, I was disappointed in Thibodeau. I thought maybe he was going to get a sack or two. They didn't get a single turnover. I mean, there was just – there was no pressure on the quarterback. Jared Goff has got all the time in the world back there just doing whatever he wants. I'm like, what is going on? I don't know. I'm more disappointed in the defense than I was in the offense. But, again, not a good game for any of them, clearly. Um, I just – that's enough because <laughs> just not – overall not a good day for them. Um, and then, you know, we already talked about Wandale, but – Tyree Phillips, another guy on the offense who stepped in for Evan Neal. Um, not only did he have a little bit of a rough day, he left with a neck injury. John Feliciano left with, I think it was a neck injury too. And then we had Pinnock, Adoree Jackson. Do we need to talk about Adoree Jackson? Because I think every single person agrees that he should not have been used as a punt returner. And I don't know what else I need to say about that, but I have a lot of faith in this coaching staff, in the front office, in Joe Shane and Brandon Brown, and I, everyone, I have a lot of faith in them. And up until now, I have not really questioned their decisions. And like I said on Instagram, I firmly believe that Dable felt like putting Jackson back there was going to give them their best shot at giving them better field position. But when you don't have good depth at cornerback and Adoree is your best one and you're bringing in someone like Rodarius Williams who has not played since last year, why are you putting Adoree Jackson back there? I just don't understand it. And I know you guys all agree with me. I know we all feel the same way. And, and we're like, what on earth are you thinking and if you're going to do that, okay, I don't – I'm okay with you putting him back there if he fair catches it every single time. Forget about the field position. Our special team sucks across the board. So, like, give the offense some faith that they can run the ball back. But Odori Jackson being back there is just a horrible idea. Just absolutely horrible. And now, getting into the injuries, from what I have seen, Jory Jackson has a sprained MCL and is going to be out anywhere from four to six weeks. So now, in the secondary, we're missing Xavier McKinney, Jory Jackson, Jason Pinnock. I think that's it. Aside from all the other guys who got injured earlier uh, in the year, like Darian Beavers. Um, so, yeah. To add insult to injury, on a brutal loss to the Lions, 
We also lost six guys to injuries. Now, Dable spoke to the media today, and the only updates he gave was that Wandale did, in fact, tear his ACL and will be out for the season and said that he is still waiting on updates from the medical staff to find out about the other guys. So, as always, I will keep you guys posted as soon as I hear anything. What I will say is that it's probably not looking so great. Um, for any of them to play on Thursday, could they be back the following week? Yes. But it's a short week. They're barely even practicing. And, you know, Dable said in his press conference today that all of these guys are really sore coming out of the game. So I don't really think that the guys who came out with injuries, they're just going to let them go ahead and play. So not looking so good for them. Let's talk about special teams. <laughs> it's like one bad thing after the other. But I promise I'm going to end this on a high note because there is some good things that came out of yesterday's game. And I know you don't want to hear it, all you people who are saying the seasons is over. But don't give up hope yet, okay? Let's talk about Gary Brightwell, who had three kickoff returns for 41 yards and the longest was 18 yards. Gary Brightwell is a bright spot in the special teams. Now, I've said this before. I don't know why he's not used on punt returns. I heard someone who knows more about this than I do saying that the way that the ball gets kicked and spins through the air makes it a different – I don't know. makes it harder to receive. I don't know, you guys. This is just what I heard. Don't – take my word for this um because in my opinion I would say well Gary Brightwell's doing a really good job at kick returns why not put him back there a punt return too I don't know the answer to that uh the punt returners were Richie James had one for seven yards and Adore Jackson had one for three yards so again <laughs> I'm done talking about this as soon as I make this last point but when you have 10 total yards on two punt returns, is that really worth risking injuring your number one cornerback? He ran it for three yards. What are we doing? I don't I don't know. I really don't. But what I will say is if Adori comes back this year, he probably won't be returning punts anymore. So you live and you learn, guys. Learn from your mistakes. Okay, last two guys we got to talk about. My beloved Graham Gano, who I say nothing bad about ever because he is normally perfect, missed two extra points yesterday. And we've seen him miss one extra point or one field goal this year, and I'm pretty sure that that's been it out of all of these games. And yesterday... Mr. Automatic misses two extra points. And you know who makes them all? Badgley on the Lions. Was 100. Went four for four on extra points and had a 24-yard field goal. This is our home stadium. I know it was windy, but you, you got to get used to the wind at MetLife. We play there more than anyone else except for the Jets. How has that not been a factor? And 
the first one was blocked. So is there anything they could have done about that? Maybe. The second one was almost blocked, but I just, it was one of those days where every single thing went wrong. And when that happens, you're going to lose because when you rely on your kicker, who's the only person on the team who pretty much does everything right all the time, which in theory, we should be able to rely on him, right? Because of what I just said. But then he misses extra points twice in one game. Just bad luck all around. And, you know, I'm sure Gano is going to be fine. He did get four IVs after the game. I don't know if he was under the weather or dehydrated or what. I don't know if that was a factor. It could have been that. It could have been the wind. It could have been the snap. It could have been, you know, a hundred other things. But I need you to make the field goals, Graham, okay? Especially in Dallas. The good news is Dallas is a dome, so we don't have to worry about wind on Thursday. Okay, last up here, and then I have a couple more stats that I want to go through. Um, Jamie Gillen, I am never talking about punting ever again, and I didn't do it last week, so he has no excuse. But he had a really bad game yesterday. Out of four punts, they went 153 yards, and two were inside the 20. No touchbacks. The longest one was 51 yards. I just, the inconsistency is very frustrating. And again, when you are the Giants this year with this roster, uh, the inconsistency is why this team is 7-3. and three. It's why there are some things that go right and some things that go very wrong. And it's just, you know, it's just unfortunate. Um, let's go through a couple last stats here. So these are from PFF. The other stats that I was reading were from the ESPN box score. Those are the ones that I usually like. And I, um, I, I like those stats a lot, but these are some good PFF ones. So, oh, the O-line. Oh, the O-line. Lemieux who was a starter yesterday, played terrible. I think we all saw that with our eyes. Uh, he had he allowed five pressures and one sack, and Feliciano allowed three. Feliciano, I, I also need him to pick it up. You're a vet. He was playing better, but like we can't have him not play well and Shane Lemieux. Shane Lemieux gets the tiniest bit of a pass because that was his first game back. However, it was against the Lions, okay? He wasn't playing against the Cowboys line that we are playing in three days. So I, I don't know what's going to happen with him on Thursday. Um, but let's talk about a bright light, which is our beloved Andrew Thomas. I'm not going to say anything else about him except that I love him, and he allowed zero pressures. That's it. Okay, the defense, Lawrence had two pressures, Leo Williams had two, Jalen Smith had two. There were five total missed tackles, Jason Pinnock had two, and um, – Julian Love played every snap on defense, which was 67. 
and he had eight total tackles. So, listen, guys, it was a rough game, but don't lose hope, okay? There are still, what was that, week 11? There are still six games left, and there's still a shot to turn it around. We can still make the playoffs, which to me is a bonus. I want to see this team just redeem themselves from yesterday's performance. I want to see the wide receivers catch the ball. I want to see Jones not make bad decisions. No more interceptions this game. I want to see the run game actually run the ball. I would like to see more of Matt Breida, and I would like to see Daniel Jones run the ball. I would like to see more of the tight ends get involved. I know they were used mostly for blocking, but let's get them more involved. I don't think we're going to see Bellinger this week. If we do, he's going to be very limited snaps. So if he's in the game, let's use him. I'm not sure how likely that's going to be. On the defense, oh my God, guys, please. I want to see them slow down Tony Pollard and Zeke. I'm not asking them and I'm not expecting them to stop the run. We know up until this point that has not been their specialty, but they have been able to limit the run, and they have been able to hold very talented quarterbacks to 50, 60, 70 yards a game. So let's try and do that again. That's what I want to see from the defense. I want to see them slow down the run. I'd like to see them get a couple turnovers, maybe just one. I'd be happy with just one. Anything more than that would be a bonus. And let's get to the quarterback. Dak Prescott had four interceptions in three games before the Vikings game. Let's get some pressure on him. Force him to throw a turnover. For the love of God, someone sack him. Please. Dexter, Leo, Tay Crowder, I don't care who it is. One of you get to him. We need the defense to pressure the quarterback. And I just want to see it a little bit. Just a little bit better than what we saw on Sunday. And last up is special teams. Oh, my God. Cram Gano, please take it in. I want him to just, you know, when he's relied on to kick a field goal or an extra point, he gets it in. Not asking for much. And Jamie Gillen, I need him to be more consistent. Just get a couple more balls inside the 20, please. Help us out. We need everyone to contribute. And we need it more from special teams. All right, so that's what I'm looking forward. This is what I want to see from this team. I want to see them rebound. We've seen them do it before. And Daniel Jones said after the game that he feels like himself and a lot of other players are – they're looking straight forward to Dallas, and they're going to get right back in the building, and they're going to work, and they're focused on Dallas, and they're focused on improving. And that's all we can ask. I think it is good that they have a quick turnaround so they can't sit and wallow in their sorrows. They've got to turn it around, and they've got to show up on Thanksgiving. And that will be the greatest Thanksgiving gift that they could give to all of us as Giants fans. Okay? So... I think that rounds it out. Again, I am staying optimistic. I ask you to stay optimistic, too. We knew going into the season that this team is not the best team in the NFL. They are not the worst team in the NFL. 
So let's hope that they just make some adjustments, they make some improvements. That's all I'm asking from you, from them. That's all you guys should ask for too. But the season is not over, okay? Daniel Jones is having a good year. Saquon Barkley is having a good year. He's almost to 1,000 rushing yards. Slayton, a lot of us thought that he wasn't going to be on the team, and now he is one of the leading receivers, and with Wondell Robinson out, he probably is the leading receiver. Kenny Galladay made some catches. Andrew Thomas is perfection. Julian Love has been all over the field, making the tackles, leading the defense. Okay, we have, there are good things coming out of this. Dexter Lawrence is also having a monster year. He's going to be here for the long haul. We, there are good things, okay? So let's remain optimistic. We're going to stay positive, and we're going to see a better team on Thursday versus Dallas. Thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Again, it's called Everything New York Giants. And follow me on Instagram and TikTok at New York Giants Fangirl, where I post all daily updates. I do Q&As, and I go live so we can all live with this together, whether it's good or bad. We are in it together, you guys. Go Giants. (laughs) 